Welcome to It's a Slate of Mind with Allison Hazelden. This is the entertainment industry's video podcast, where we spark honest, unfiltered conversations within the community about things we're all thinking about, but don't talk about enough. I invite you to join my circle of friends, both new and old, as we tackle the industry together. Hello friends, it's Allison here. I hope you all are having a beautiful day. I have had just the best week and I'm so excited to share today's episode with you. But before we get started, I wanted to talk about this week's weekly challenge. So this week, our challenge is go to a networking event, meet at least one new person. Now, I know this might seem simple or it might seem silly, but the reality is that for a lot of us, especially if you've been in a market or in a city for a certain amount of time, it can seem like you already know everyone that you need to know or that you know it's really not a big deal if you don't go to this or that event or if you do go to this or that event, but you don't make an effort to meet someone new or get to know someone that you've only met once before. And I'm here to tell you that that is laziness speaking, and I think we're all better than that. So this challenge is a really great one. I think there's always people worth meeting. Everyone's story is worth hearing, and you never know when you're going to meet someone who might be an amazing partner for you, whether it's someone who could be a part of a new piece of content that you are trying to produce or potentially a new writing partner, or someone that is going to end up being your best friend, or they could be a director, producer, or an agent, or have some really good experience about something that you're looking to get into. You just don't know. And I think we're all selling ourselves short by staying in our happy little comfort zones uh, and not getting out there and just saying hi and making a new friend. So I hope you guys participate in this challenge. I think it is worth your while. And if you don't have an event this week to go to, pick one out for later in the month and uh, really make an effort to go and work out those networking skills um, because I think you guys will be pleasantly surprised by the people that you will meet. All right, guys. So today my guest is one of the smartest people I have met in this past year, also one of the kindest and most lovely people. Her name is Devin Carraway, and Devin has so much knowledge about the arts, about acting, about the history of acting, about the industry today. Um, and she actually has her MFA from Brown University, which was in partnership with Trinity Repertory, and her BFA from NYU's Tisch School of the Arts. So she is like the most educated, well, not the actual most, I don't think, but one of the most educated people in terms of traditional training and education um, when it comes to acting. And then by contrast, you have me who uh, really learned on the fly, rogue. I mean, I've, I've always taken classes and coaching and stuff, but I never had any formalized education. I didn't go to college for this. Um, so I was really excited to have Devin on today because she and I are kind of analyzing the full breadth, the full scope of acting training and what that looks like, what that means, um, 
how to determine what kind of training is right for you, uh, how to know what coach is right for you, how to know what the right next step might be for you and your training. And this was just this it, this episode of any episode we've ever done is just packed full of detailed information um, from different styles and techniques of acting training to how training might differ depending on the city that you're in, depending on the stage of your life and your experience. There's just a lot that we covered. Um, you know, it's it's a really, really good episode. I would highly encourage having um, a notebook next to you because uh, you might actually hear it in the background on this track, but Devin was actually writing in her notes as she was speaking with me. And a lot of the things that she says are really, really useful. So I would highly encourage you to take notes and um, keep track of, of all the useful nuggets of information that we have in this episode today. So without further ado, I give you the wonderful, the fabulous Devin Carraway. Um, I guess mine is Devin Carraway. Oh my gosh. Um, I am a uh, recent, uh, I recently relocated to Atlanta. I am kind of from every, it feels like I'm from everywhere. From everywhere. Okay. Yeah. My mother's people um, are from Birmingham, Alabama. Okay. She mostly grew up in Orlando. Okay. My dad's people are from Oklahoma. They're ranchers. There's Fun. a little family ranch. Wow. Uh, That's and cool. Handle. Yeah. Oh, nice. But he was a city boy and grew up in Portland, Oregon, and oh, would wow. spend his summers on the ranch. Jeez, yeah. So they're so, hitting all the different corners of the country. Yeah. My parents met in Pensacola when he was in flight okay. school, and my mom hmm. worked for 3M. Oh my gosh, I love that. So yeah, that was sort of that. And I was born in California. Grew up in Seattle, but in high school moved over to Connecticut. Cool. So yeah, so literally, I feel, all over the U.S. Yeah, I do, and I wow. like would spend summers in Orlando. Right. Um, like my uh, my grandfather was very, my mother's father was very very sick when I was young. Oh, okay. And literally hit his first heart attack when he was fifty. Oh wow. So uh, we would literally just I would just hop on a plane at oh. any time, and we would go visit him until. So that was from like ages four to eight, nine. Wow. So I was here, like, on this side of the country a lot. Yeah. 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 That's so interesting. Do you feel like you have, like, a better understanding of all the different subgroups in the U.S. because of yes, that? Yeah. I do. Yeah. I really do. I think I understand. That's lucky. Like, if someone's from a specific region, even though I can't claim ownership. Sure. I, it's like this weird thing where I can't claim ownership, but I right. do feel like I understand. You can identify. Yeah. 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 That's, and that, I feel like, especially as an actor is and as a director and all of it is really useful. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Useful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're so lucky. Yeah. I mean, I, I get a little bit of that vibe just because Orlando is very much like, Oh, a, eclectic. It's, it's a center for all different kinds of people and, and all kinds of transplants come yeah. and end up in Orlando. So I had the luxury of getting to know a lot of friends growing up that were from everywhere different countries different parts of our yeah. country and so yeah it's my good. mother grew up there went mm. to bishop Moore, and it was the same thing yeah um she had a lot of friends who were from up north who moved mm-hmm. there in high school yep she also a lot of New Yorkers. <laughs> yeah and when she was a kid um there were a lot of transplants from cuba yep because the cuban yep yep we have a lot of dominican um mm-hmm. Cuban. I had friends from India. I had friends from mm. Iran. I had friends from different parts of Asia. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's it's a very lot, eclectic. Which yeah. meant that 
which means that we have great food there too. Oh my gosh, yes, <laughs> which it's is great awesome. food. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, enough about that. Yes, enough about this location. Yes. <laughs> so you're kind of from all over, and um, I got into theater in high school. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I think with the move across the country, I mean, my family had a lot of, there was a lot of upheaval. Um, so obviously the move from California to Seattle, sure. there was a big scare a couple years before we moved to Connecticut that we'd moved to Japan, Oh wow! which almost happened in the last minute. My father decided he would go without oh, us. Wow. And so for about a year and a half, he lived in Tokyo and wow. we lived in Seattle. Oh uh, and then he got back and was like, we're moving to Richmond. <laughs> no, we're not moving to Richmond. We're moving to Connecticut. So it was wow. like, there we go. You never knew. You never, he's just it's, like, you never knew what was going to yeah. happen. And that was a little bit traumatizing Connecticut. It was a culture shock. Oh, I bet. Um, I, I feel like it might have been a more of a culture shock than Japan would have been because you were. Pre- I would have been prepared. Sure. sure. But, um, sure. So, yeah, that was very traumatizing. <laughs> and I found myself to, to the theater department. Oh. And it was very therapeutic. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of where I felt in chaos. And sure. I think that's why I love theaters yeah. because I think, um, I think it's a social service. Uh, that sort of, I do think the way we're raised is to be designed to like push, not designed, but like we're taught to not feel. We have reflexes for that. Yeah. And we, uh, we add behaviors to protect ourselves from actually making connections. And I do think theater is a service that opens you up to feeling more. Absolutely. um, And also increases your empathy. Um, Mm -hmm. And I do think that does make a better society. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree. I'm very much, uh, I think every child, whether they like it or not, should have some kind of acting yes. or, or theater mm-hmm. or creative class when they're young. Like mm-hmm. whether it's in school or whether it's outside of school, I think, or even if they don't do it for a long time, they need to have at least an, yeah. one experience. Yeah. I'm a big supporter of that. Yeah. yeah. When did you get involved in theater? Oh, gosh. Because you are a child actor, so yeah. your experience is much so different than mine. I actually started more in print, commercial, and mm-hmm. film and TV training. So my initial training was more on that side. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I didn't ever take like a theater style class until mm-hmm. I was a little bit older like mm-hmm. all of my and that was my issue with theater for a long time so you were I auditioning was, before yes. you had any training well I I how did so you start I started yeah. so my cousins lived down in Boca yeah. and um they did a lot of modeling yeah. so she had gotten a call for um, this little Disney show uh-huh. that was shooting in Orlando and they needed more kids. So they like roped me into it uh-huh. and I was like six, six, seven. And I ended up really liking it and like performing and like, they kind of like bumped me up in, oh, wow. in the TV show and it was, they asked me to come back and stuff. And then I kind of really liked it. Then my mom put me in print modeling and commercials. So I got an agent then. Okay. And then I found my way. I didn't work professionally in theater until I was 12. Okay. But that was one of my issues was I always... But you were going out on these was, professional yeah. print, those print auditions. Yeah. So you I was used to... You have to go in it. and you have to have presents yeah. and they take photos and yeah. it's like a little mini headshot almost. Yeah. 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 But my... I always have had like a back and forth between theater and film because I'm trained in film. So my acting style... Is for film. Is for film. So yeah. I, anytime I do theater, they're like, make it bigger. Yeah. And anytime yeah. I'm in Use film, the whole body. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not... That's, <laughs> even to this day, I have to really it's a hard switch for me yeah. but I'm very grateful in many ways that I was trained 
starting in film. Yeah. Because I think it's easier to go bigger than it is to go smaller sometimes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 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 So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, I'm the opposite. Um, <laughs> I mean, which many people theater. are. Yeah. Which many people are. Yeah. So, so and, and I guess we're very opposite because I did a lot of training before I've started engaging yeah. in. And I, and but I, that, I mean, that makes sense though mm-hmm. for your timeline. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because I I'm I'm the weird one here. No, no, it's not. I <laughs> well, think it's yeah. so fast, and I think I really um. So after, so I have a BFA and an MFA. And yeah. After my BFA at NYU, I did do two years in casting, and it was interesting. Uh, so one year at Roundabout Theater Company, and one year with a smaller office called Calary Casting that did more off Broadway and regional theater. Right. Um, but we would have children come in, and that was always baffling to me. Mm-hmm. Of like, and also the realization that like this child or parent has like just woke up one day and decided I'm going to be an actor. And it is though. At the yeah. end of the day, what we are striving to do as actors is to be as open mm. and alive and as vulnerable yeah. as children are. And yeah. that's what's so beautiful. And I think earlier, before we started taping, mm-hmm. you were telling me about a beautiful experience. Well, experience of yours of you started so open and yeah. so alive. And then the pressures that parents sure. put on you, like um, it, that alive, you were so, you felt so much pressure that yeah. light almost was sucked out. Yeah, and, and that's that what... led me to quit. Yeah. yeah. Um, my parents were great. It was just kind of all the other stuff, all mm. the other people and projects and, and the business. And, 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 and yeah, yeah, and realizing I hadn't had any life experiences really outside of working. Well, I will argue, even though um, like training is, an, um, is this big thing, mm-hmm. um, I feel even as an adult, I've experienced something similar because to me, training was about becoming an artist. Right. Um, and it was, and so the, the logistics, the business mm. of what being an actor is, yeah. is very different than training. Yes. Training is a very personal thing yeah. and that's your craft. Right. Right. But really at the end of the day, by the time you get to the situation of having an agent, what you are is a so like this term you are a business you have to think of it like any other business Mm -hmm. right because it really is boiled down to the fact that america is a capitalist society and so everything has you have to have a business model you have to have a marketing plan absolutely and there's and you have to separate the fact that you are a product right and so all of the expansion and exploration and the meat that you're exploring Mm -hmm. in school right that actually is just that has to already be there and ready to go right um and and, uh because if you're you and you can always be exploring and expanding but one thing i guess the gift of training the Mm. benefit is you get to do that solo yeah it's a gift yeah right so a a con is sometimes the schools don't prepare so many of their actors for what the real world is sure um but and that's one thing i'm grateful that i have that you have that i was like thrown in and i will say (laughs) Like having gone through two programs, right. and one of them says it's like it's setting you up more right. for a professional situation. And yes, it did to a certain level as the artist. It did, okay. right? Okay. But as someone who knows Who's how running to a running a business yeah. and make a pitch to an agent or right. make a pitch to a manager, right. like here's my product, here's who I am, here's right. how you're going to sell me. No, 
Right. And actors don't know how to do that. I would no. say 98% who go through these yeah. top-level training programs yep. do not know how to do that. Right. Myself included. Yeah. And it's like I this past year and a half, I got a lot of light yeah. bulbs go off. Of Interesting. Like, would you oh. say it's, it's kind of like just because you're in that bubble and you, you aren't mm. looking outside or just because – like why, why do you think that happens? Well – I don't know. There's something maybe about the culture of, okay, uh, okay, we're going to go back to how the group (laughs) theater has destroyed the American acting system. Oh my gosh. Um, (laughs) I don't know if, who knows about, uh, most people do know about the group theater. I was going to say, have we, did we We explain all your degrees? No, we haven't. Let's explain (laughs) all your degrees first because I think that's a good foundation to go into this. But um, Devin has a lot of training and a lot of education um, in the arts. And so that is a big reason why I wanted her on today beyond her just being an absolutely lovely person. But, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about your, your training and your education, just so we have a little bit of a background because they've already heard a little bit about my side of things. Yeah. 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 So, um, so I went to NYU. I have a BFA from Tisch School of the Arts, and we went through a number of the different studios. I do think that's a gift of NYU. Mm-hmm. Um, they educate you on the sort of modern American uh, acting, acting system in America. You learn, they ingrain in you the history of Stanislavski touring uh, Chekhov's The Seagull through America and how a lot of uh, New York City artists became very uh, fascinated by the hmm. innovative work that Stanislavski brought cool. to America and they formed the group theater. Right. Okay. And so out of that, we're going to stem different methodologies of training. So we have Stella Adler, we have Lee Strasberg, okay. we have um, Sanford Meisner, um, Kazan. It was part yes. of the group. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and so, again, we have different systems post this group theater, you're going to have Michael Chekhov, right, right. in Psychological Gesture. Again, that's going to happen later. He's sort okay. of a descendant of the group theater. Okay. On the side, I guess, other just training systems that NYU uh, kind of explores is the Experimental Theater Wing is um, they explore Grotowski, which never really made it to America, but is a physical training system okay. that was happening in Poland yeah. um, shortly after the development of the group theater. Okay. Um, but that's the phys- dealing with the physical body. Okay. Right? okay. Um, and also NYU explores viewpoints, which really uh, started from a dancer. It did not mm-hmm. start from Anne Bogart. Her name uh, was Mary Oliver. She was a teacher at NYU. She developed the viewpoint system for dancers, used it with actors. Anne Bogart witnessed this, stole it, used it with her theater company, <laughs> and then wrote a book and has been like given the, um, That's so the credit. And so Mary Overly has uh, written articles about being upset about this. Oh, I'm sure. Um, Because Ann Bogart was teaching also as an assistant Mm. teacher at the Experimental Theater Wing. I forget if it was the 70s or the 80s. Um, But, so those are a lot of the different things, but um, I'm just sort of like spitballing here. So when you, Um, in your training, you got an overview of all of them. All of that and an understanding of the different methodologies. And then I spent two years in, I think I said this, in casting. And then I decided to go to grad school and I went to a very different program called Brown Trinity Repertory. Uh, It's an MFA in acting and it's like, it's called for the uh, acting and directing program. Oh, okay. 
um, which was very practical. Yeah. It was a company, we were a company in training. There were 14 okay. actors, two directors. Cool. And so you function as a company for oh. three years, and it's really ingrained um, in the regional theater system because um, literally we are training at Trinity Repertory Company, which is the nice. oldest resident acting company that is, still exists in wow. America. There are no other resident acting companies yeah. on the regional theater level. Wow. So your professors were actors who were members of the mm. company and performed oh, in three great. to four main stage shows. Sure. And you ended up, you earned your equity card and nice. you performed with them. Oh, how um, great. Throughout the training. like wow. So you were working professionally, technically, right. and you were sort of being raised up to be an equal. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's a great format. Yeah. But huh. at the end of the day, you are training under actors who have a very specific lifestyle. Sure. Meaning they have a comfort that most actors don't right. because they're promised a job. So many, yeah, yeah. They're, they they're a promised job. a consistent job every right. year. But they also had a salary from Brown University because they, they were negotiated this great deal mm. uh, for the MFA program, right? So, and they also were not very close to New York. Right. And so they no longer had agents. They didn't sure. need agents, right? Right. I mean, they, they had a, a good deal there. So then going to New York, there was a disconnect. Yeah between of being the business that's happening in this international market versus this beautiful little quiet town sure. province or island. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. So that's the training. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's a good foundation there. And then as you guys may or may not know, I, like I briefly mentioned, I kind of did more of a rogue. Yes, you did. <laughs> a rogue, a rogue <laughs> yes. version yes. Um, where I did, I started my first, um, acting coach was named Karen Storms. Mm. Um, she, for people listening, she is the mother of Kirsten Storms, who is uh, Xenon for oh. all the future. Oh, wow. And now Kirsten works um, in soaps, and she's been doing that for like over a decade. Amazing. Um, but she, they were from Orlando originally, so yeah. Karen learned a lot from, you know, just working with Kirsten yeah. growing up and ended up um, studying and training to become a coach. So she coached a lot of us young budding actors mm -hmm. in Orlando, and she was lovely and awesome. And then I picked up um, other workshops and classes along the way. I did mm -hmm. a lot of and, – in Orlando, we get a lot of, like, casting director workshops, kind of like we Great. do here yeah. in New York and in L.A. Yeah. Um, so I did a lot of that. And then I – as I started moving and working in professionally in theater, I started, I, I learned a lot on the job. I really did. Yeah. Um, and then I had a few wonderful little teachers who would pop in, in here and there. And, um, and I studied voice for a long time. And, um, then I ended up, I mean, Karen was like my go-to girl. It's, it's also weird when you're a child actor yeah. too, because you can't do as many of the classes. No. So she really, you know, taught me a lot about Meisner and a lot about, right. which that's my main foundation is Meisner um, yeah. and about all these different things, which was lovely and beautiful, especially as a child. Um, and then, yeah, so I kind of learned more on the job. But <laughs> I think that's beautiful. But, and, and it's interesting for me and, and part of why I'm really excited about this conversation is I actually had, by the time that I, you know, was working with agents and managers and had people in my life who are on my team, 
And because I had been working as a kid, yeah. I was actually discouraged from ever doing formal training oh, yes. at, at a university. Oh, um, yes. They were like, oh, there's no need for you to do that. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. Like, um, that doesn't make sense. Like, it makes much more sense for you to just invest your money into private training and, mm. and classes and workshops. And they're like, you know, you're already you're already doing things. You don't need to go to university. So, mm. um, so that's all I ever heard. And it's interesting now, you know, as, as I've grown up and gotten older and, yeah. um, met more people and, and understood other actors. And yeah. now that I'm in group classes as an adult too, I can kind of see, um, I do think that was the right suggestion for me, yes. but I definitely can see both the pros and cons of, of all the different kinds of, of yeah. training. So, um, I think it's a very personal decision. Yes. And it's right. And I do not think everyone yeah. needs to go to that type of the types of sure. programs that I have gone to. Sure. Um, I also think like I am very that actually these programs are very controversial right they now. They are, yeah. Um, well, specifically because of the cost mm-hmm. and because what uh, college has come to cost. Yeah, right? across the board. Across yeah. the board. And that's just not for these training right. programs. That's for just the, the whole university system. Yeah. But a parent is like given the information that their child has to go and get a college right. education. And right. then and often that's these kids are make them successful. Yeah. Myself, Included sure. uh, for very long periods of right. time. Oh yeah, right. And it's like, and it, and I will be honest that I didn't even think about the cost when I went wow. to my undergrad program because I knew it was expensive. But sure. um, I had gotten a promise from my father, yeah. I, so I'm very privileged. And he said I could go to any college I wanted. Oh, that's so, so but nice. then he yeah. didn't know I was going to choose right. <laughs> the most expensive. And I am very. And it's funny. It's like I am. I don't come from um, wealthy sure. means, sure. but I had, I did have the privilege yeah. to be given that education. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And, and I, and I, I didn't understand what he, how he broke his back to let me, let me yeah. go there um, until later. Because I was going to school with some very privileged, yeah. very wealthy yeah, absolutely. children. And um, I now like, my heart breaks for what my yeah, father did for me. Sure. And then I even chose to like <laughs> put myself more in debt yeah, with the right, second. Yeah. Right. I mean, and it's, yeah. it is interesting. I mean, I, but I it's not got, always worth it. Right. I think, right. And point. I think it, it's, it's a, definitely something to consider. I mean, I didn't go to school. I went to school for public relations yeah. at the university of Florida. Yeah. And even that decision when I, so I had quit like right before I decided I got my AA when I was yeah. still in high school. Okay. Because Great. that was a good way for me Smart. to get out. Because I was working and I didn't want to be in school. So yeah. instead of homeschooling, I could do a fully online program. dual enrollment program. Amazing. So I, I graduated with my AA, but I had originally been intending on taking time off. But I decided at that point because I quit. Yeah. So I quit performing and I was like, well, I need to go to school and like I'm not doing acting. So I want to get a degree in something else. And like I at that point still didn't really know like what I wanted. I was like, I like talking. I like communicating. I love writing. So we'll go for public relations. But even that I had originally been applying for schools in New York and schools yeah. in California. And I ended up staying in state because we had a, a great program called Florida prepaid. Great. That my parents got at a really low rate when I was born. Oh my goodness. So my tuition was, was much more affordable and I was able to graduate without debt. And that was a big reason why I decided to stay in Florida. Yeah. Um, and, and now that I'm back in acting, I'm really grateful that, I mean, I had no way to know, but yeah. the universe worked in my favor there. 
And um, it's beautiful. And I don't think most yeah. uh, most high schoolers, that's the thing, these, these universities do take advantage of you. Sure. Because they don't, most high schoolers don't think about the no, cost. They don't. And they don't understand what they're getting into. Absolutely. Um, and I do think, I, but I think that our next generation is going to change. Yes. This, and education is going to change. I do. I think yeah. the education is going to change. And I have a side job that sure. w- deals with education. Yeah. And I actually think the company that I work for, which is a tutoring company, will not be what it is in 10 years. No. Because yeah. I know that more people are going to stand up and say, actually, I'm going for a specific trade. I'm going right. to go to trade school. Right. So that, I mean, that's embedded in this whole, should I go to training? Sure. But what I will say, the I think I've already mentioned the benefit. Yeah. Tell me, I want to hear all about the benefits and, and why you were so glad that, that you have the training. I am have. really glad because in retrospect, now I understand and I think I'm succeeding feel like I am right now yeah. at creating a business, yeah. right? And that's on my mind. And then my craft is sort of taken care of and it's just All there for inside. me. Yeah. And to do that simultaneously is, I think, sometimes can be fighting an impossible battle. Yes. And I do think it's absolutely important to be constantly training, even if your craft is already there and available to you. Amen to that. Always, always be in class. Yes. Right? It does yeah. not matter what level you are right. at. Right. doesn't matter how yeah. much training you've already done or yeah. not done. Yes. Always, yes. always. be in class. But the to go away to a three-year or two, even just a two-year certificate program, you are dedicating sure. two years to just yourself. Yeah. And I think then um, what I think I mentioned this earlier is like some people need more training than others. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think my belief is there's this book called um, the, the Actor and the Target. Okay. Uh, and this book, I love this book, and it describes, like it brings up the dilemma of good actor versus bad actor. Right. And like, and because we we will be watching and we'll say, oh, that's a great actor. That actor is awful. I just hated what he did. But you're not able to describe what's going on. Right. Right. Well, ultimately, training is about undoing you. Right. Mm. There's this idea of the neutral actor. Sure. So the idea is when you're born, right, you are your natural self. A baby can cry mm. for hours and right. actually their instrument is okay. Right. They can also, they switch on a dime. They're still alive. They're mm-hmm. the most present. You're the yeah. most present we'll ever be. They just and react. They just react. Right. Dogs are also the most yeah. present beings ever. Mm. Like watch a dog. They're always present. At yeah. the moment, they're just shifting from one thing to the next. Sure. And it's it's seamless. Right. And you're, that's, that's what we're looking for. Right. That's usually what we're attracted to is mm. a lack of human presence. Yeah. Right. And so when we, everyone deals with many traumas in life. And so we adjust our behavior Mm. in order to survive. Well, and some people have more traumas than others, right? Uh, And so by this, when we, when we protect ourselves, we're blocking what's naturally there. Right. And we're blocking our talent. Right. And so that's basically what most of these training programs are doing. But it's hard, again, to to just focus on that in isolation and to give yourself three years where Mm. all you are or two years, all you are as an actor is a gift. Oh, an absolute gift. I think you can take strides forward in in that Mm. how available you are. Yeah. Right. to a degree that maybe you can't if you're trying to do it simultaneously with three other Absolutely. things in the air. Yeah, I so, mean, it, that focus, the pure focus on that one part of it, I think it's, yeah. I would agree 100%. I also, right, so that there's that gift 
um, and you don't have to deal with the business yet. Yeah. There's also, I think, engaging in multiple perspectives, right? Yeah. So understanding the history of where, right, the film acting system sure. came from, which roots from the group theater, right, and these different methods. Each method, they fought with each other, and they they all disagreed about what right. Stanislavski was Stanislavski was saying, which was about Stanislavski's first book. They were interpreting mm. it. They forgot to realize that Stanislavski wrote two more books. Oh, right. That's so funny. <laughs> right. So, so the first, it was all dealing with like truth and memory and emotions right. is book one. Book two actually deals with the physicality of a character. That's so funny. Uh, so they just didn't bother with that they one. They just didn't bother with that one. And so there's there's these things that I feel I love. I love Meisner. I think yeah. it's a great base. And if you go to a Meisner program, there is going to be a movement aspect mm. to it. But again, it's not going to be the primary focus. Sure. So you're looking at a very specific point of view that's translating a very specific book, which is very narrow. So I do think exploring multiple acting methods and understanding where it came from and why it developed Mm. is really important. Yeah. Um, And I also think make sure you're using your whole body and and you're looking for a program that um, gets you to move your body because literally scientifically emotion is held in your muscles. Right. And so like uh, that movement practice needs to be a part of it. Sure. The other big benefit of a training program is to expand um, your range. Yes. Right. Right. And I do think Uta Hagen is really genius. And the fact that she talks about living life mm-hmm. is equal to being an artist. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's, like, I it's love so that important. So you need to fill your well. You need to live your yes. life. You also need to use your objects yep. and your fourth wall. Like yep. all these fun, very technical yep. things. I call it my toolbox. Your toolbox. My emotional toolbox. Your emotional toolbox. Yeah. yeah. So I, I know I'm kind of spitballing all over the place, but um, again, you're going to expand what's possible right. for your personality or your character. Do things that other people say you can't do is what you do in school. Yeah. Um, and then you're also neutralizing yourself and making yourself, which means making yourself the most free, mm. as free as you were when you were a child. And that's going to be through, yes, emotional exercises, but physical exercises. Yeah. So if I you can't, can't tell Devin loves physical exercises. Yes. <laughs> Well, I just, I think there's a, a across the board um, is a, a weakness for, right. um, in the training that I see. Sure. So is that we're sure. not dealing with our bodies. And I think our bodies are more intelligent than our brains. Oh, oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. That is, that is really interesting. When I think, I mean, I, I can definitely, even from my, my rogue training, yeah. I remember, I mean, I would credit my theater experience so much more with any sense of physicality mm. with my work than my film training. Cause I mean, mm. we just don't, we're not thinking about it. I yeah. mean, and we're, we're thinking about the close-ups and we're thinking about the technicalities of, yeah. of being on camera. Um, but I will, I'm going to say what I'm working on as an actor okay. right now is on camera in those close-ups or in that mid frame, mm. right. Actually adding movement. Meaning, or, yeah. or like be- physical behavior. Right. Like I'm learning, like oh, actually, if my hand is up here doing some weird character thing, it, it can the work. shot yeah. is actually the composition is much more interesting sure. as than if I'm sure. just like neutral present. True. That's so again, I, and I can definitely see that, especially yeah. for your typecast. So for people who don't know, yeah, Devin has like one of the most fun typecasts. I think. <laughs> do you want to do you want to tell them? No, I'm gonna let you. Well, I, Devin, <laughs> oh, she she can play. 
everything from like a sweet kindergarten teacher mm -hmm. to like a neurotic like crazy person yeah to like an awkward best friend I feel like you have such a fun but all of those are so fun yes. you know and I play You're so odd I yeah. don't have as much I play I have a lot of stillness yes in in my typecast ladies so I don't have that yeah. luxury always I'm more of like I'm gonna stare you down right through the camera into your soul yeah um that's beautiful you are but, right you I am I was bringing my own the type of material that I tend to but but, which, but that's good to know yeah that's good to know because I mean that's that's a whole nother conversation about typecasts and yeah and that fun stuff but I think that's cool that you've been able to kind of figure out ways to integrate yeah. Because I think that will definitely set you apart. Yeah. Well, I, it's also, too, just been, like, watching self-tapes back. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm now making a habit of always having a goal. Like, oh, even though this audition is now submitted, I'm going to, like, rewatch this. And what's my goal for the yeah. next audition that comes Oh, in? I love that. Right? And I think yeah. the goal is um, not having a, like, uh, making sure the frame or, like, the, the story that I'm telling is a picture where, like, if I were to turn the sound off, I could tell. Mm. If I turn the sound off, I know what story is happening. Sure. Like, that sure. is, like, and so I think composition can help yeah. achieve that. Oh, yeah. It, and maybe it's, and sometimes it also saves you maybe. This is, okay, well, I don't know. There are things <laughs> that I think you can do if maybe you're not feeling it. Yeah. That actually evoke Physi truth. Absolutely. Physically. Yeah. That evoke the truth of the story. Absolutely. And I'm just curious about sharpening that skill set. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, um... Uh, with Michael and I, I mean, he has a lot of very physical characters and mm, there's certain mm -hmm. times, same as, as me, where like, if you have to start a scene on a certain emotional, very intense emotional note, yeah. there's certain physical tricks that you can do to help yourself get there. Yeah. And so if you don't have the luxury of having a scene that ramps up into it, yeah, you can kind of trick your body. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. You just sorry, reminded me. <laughs> I was just in a seminar recently yeah. and there's um, older woman told me that she had a friend who always took onions into her um, <laughs> like callbacks, <laughs> and I always had a little piece of onion in her pocket. But she to, like would, rub it. Well, she eye would eye like eye. pinch it inside her pocket and then like put it in her eye. I mean that works. And then she always. But I was yeah. like, I will not people, do that. <laughs> people do um, Vicks vapor rub as well oh, wow. under there, just like we'll put a little dab. Wow. Um, like right before they go in and. Um, yeah, there's. I just a few. do like traumatizing version where you traumatize yourself. Same, yeah. same. That, that's been my go-to, but yeah. it's nice to know that it's not unheard of to, yeah. if you really need to have a little extra help on stage too. Yeah. Actually, my 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 Brown Trinity rep, the, mm. my uh, head teacher there, Brian McElhaney. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> Brian, 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 if you're listening, we love your voice. He, yes, he went to Yale, oh, and okay. um, his big thing, though, and you can tell the way he speaks. Mm. <laughs> not, I don't think he will hear this. I love you, Brian, but he did. He's very honest, and sure. he's actually changed my life. Sure. Um, but he, the big thing that he says it was my big thing in school was my voice. Mm. So now he has the most perfect voice. Oh, so is, he's really focused on it. Yeah. 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 And he talks about using your breath. So this is not yeah. possible on camera. This is only possible on stage. You can use your breath to make yourself cry. And he did things. Sure. One day I was I'll doing. Do, I'll do that before I self tape. Yes. If I yes. need to. Yeah. The way you breathe yeah. can help actually mm. trigger it. Sure. And there's also another story. I think I forget. There was this famous, famous actress. Um, I guess I was doing Steel Magnolias at Cleveland Playhouse, and the actress who. Um, 
was playing Malin. Okay. Um, she talked about being in the show with this like really famous Irish mm. actress, and she was like in awe of how this Irish actress cried every night. Mm. And then like the Irish actress eventually they turned to her and was like, "Oh, honey, it's just how I breathe." <laughs> <laughs> and there was no emotional anything right. going it's on. Just, yeah. It was just a pure breathing trick. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Yes. I love <laughs> so, it. There I are love so it. many. <laughs> I remember. See, as you can see, it doesn't always have to be sure. the, the Meisner sure. as if. Like, oh, everyone no. has a completely different way in. Right. And that's, I think that's And it can still be truthful. It can still be Absolutely. For stage. Some <laughs> yeah. 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 For so, that trick. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah. You can see a lot more when you're on camera. Yeah. I mean, so I notice. Because I, yeah. I come more from the theater. I can I can tell when I'm like, oh, hmm, hmm. that was that would have that works on stage. That did not yeah, that did not work there. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you tried. Yeah, um, that's so funny. So I love that was a great overview of just all of the benefits of your experience. And would you? So I know we kind of touched on it mm-hmm. in terms of negatives. Would you say the biggest would be kind of having that lack of awareness of the other? elements of what really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. constitutes a working actor's life or yes I yeah. it's took, taken me a long time to figure out what that actually that training translates to mm. developing a career okay and I do think one thing I this is very random but um I think it's really important to note that it's the whole picture. It's the whole sure. lifestyle. And I think I go into these training programs. I knew I would need a side job, but I thought, oh, eventually I won't need that side job. Mm. Right. And I was like throwing myself all into being an artist mm-hmm. and not building a business. Yeah. I think it's that mentality. That right, left brain marriage. Marriage. <laughs> right. And I think what you want to do is make sure you build a business model for yourself. Yeah. So I think you at some point mentioned branding and you mm-hmm. are a branding yes. specialist. Yes. And See, I think that's so beautiful, though, is having other skills in your toolbox is, are, yeah. is so important. Absolutely. And I think so few pe- uh, so many people buy into this idea of being an artist that they don't sure. develop these other skill sets Yeah. when you go to, I guess, go do right. the track that I did. Right. Well, yeah. and I think, I mean, I think a, a big part of me ending up in, yeah. in marketing and branding was because of the realization. I, I could see it. Well, I yeah. could see it when I was a kid. I, I knew people who... Mm-hmm. I had more um, exposure to people who were working in those fields. Yeah. And I kind of was like, oh, this is this is connected yeah. to everything. And But it is a real, like a real job, quote unquote, real job that people yeah. can do that aren't performers. Yeah. But it's inherently connected to this whole industry. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of bubbled up when I ended up deciding what I wanted to go to school for. Um, but now, I mean, it's directly I am relevant. so, so thankful. And don't get me wrong. Like, if you're not someone who has an interest in those things, don't force yourself to do them. Yeah. But for me, it worked out that I happened to really enjoy them. And mm. it also happens to help me know that I'm back in acting. Great. Um, but, yeah, I think it's uh, – and that's something I'll say even, you know, for talking with some of my friends who have done formal education – Mm-hmm. in theater, in music, or whatever it is in the in the arts, is they, I think, get those blinders on of mm-hmm. being like, I am focusing on being an artist and focusing on being an artist. And so it's kind of like a splash of cold water on them when they're suddenly not in that 
mm-hmm. space anymore and they are forced to figure out all the other stuff, I feel like it can be very overwhelming. It's overwhelming and you don't know, um, they don't understand like the platforms and what platforms sure. are important. They don't, um, like uh, understanding to the unions and the rules of yeah. the unions um, yeah. is in, in, so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and also understanding what the job of an agent, every person in the puzzle yeah. is. And I think one gift was my two years in casting sure. was a, oh, a major gift for me. But then I, it took me a long time to really understand the nuances yeah. of what an agent and a manager do. Right. Um, and I think understanding the money that, like what fuels each position. Right. And at the end of the day, money is really important. Sure. And so you want to understand how money works or how a manager makes money, how right. an agent makes money. Because then you understand that you two, you and your agent or you and your manager are business partners. Sure. Right. And you both have a certain deal, end of the deal to hold up. Right. Right. And so understanding that aspect of the relationship, I also think changes it always being about your talent yeah. and that validation. It's like, no, we have a business model. Right. Like my auditions need to be of a certain level of for me to hold up my to, end of the agreement. Deep agreement. Yeah. But it's also like I am a I am steering this ship. Right. And this actually, technically, they work for you, but you are in the business agreement. Right. Right. And it's uh and so understanding what everyone's job is. Sure. Um, I think that's really important. That was a big steep learning curve. Yeah. yeah. And then also, I think being able, like, it, it's a marathon, right? And you're right. building a house slowly, sure. right? And I do think creating a very stable lifestyle yeah. that allows you, that involves self-care. Mm-hmm. And here's the big thing, a constant flow of money coming yep. in. Right. And so you need to have a side job. Right. Whatever that may be, be for you. Whatever that may you talk, be. If you want to know about side jobs, tune into episode 14 of season one because Alex Collins breaks that down for us. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So just a little, a little tag there if anyone's listening. Oh, great. Um, yes. But yes. yeah, but that's, I mean, I think, a lot, and we talk about that in that episode, a lot of people either don't realize that that's going to be a very big part of their lives as a working actor yeah. or they think, um, that it means that they're selling out or that yeah. they're not committed to their acting. So that's a big conversation we have there. But yeah, yeah so so it's the business side of it, the agents, the managers, understanding your lifestyle, yeah, how you're going to take care of yourself yes. financially and personally. Yeah, um, yeah. There's there's a lot. So you always have to have, like there's the uh, the artist side of like maintaining your physical right. and emotional health, right. right? And and it's weird. They actually you want to remove trauma, even though you want all these life experiences while you're acting or in performance, right. you actually want to remove trauma from your life sure. and complication so that you can do your best work. Right. And then that's that weird balance for the side job is like I have moved into a place of where I pretty much have a full-time remote sure. gig going on, but it's actually the best situation because you want it to be flexible, not stressful. Right. And that, and then that needs to be your source of income sure. to pay your rent because then the last thing you want to do is be stressed that you're not going to be able to pay your rent right. when you're going in for an audition or a self-tape. That creates a lot of desperation right? and a lot of pressure. And yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so that's like, that's a huge part of it that again, right. people don't know. So if someone was going to go into a more formalized training program, yeah. what would you recommend them do to mm. make sure that they have some balance? Like what would you have told younger you? Well, I would have, 
Hmm. I would say maybe find a mentor who's find already a, working or yeah. someone maybe who graduated from your program. Well, a few I, years I would do. You, it, or, depend, it depends on if you're doing yeah. a certificate program True. or if you're actually going to a BFA or an MFA. Yeah. What I recommend for both BFA and MFAs is actually always con. So, yes, find a mentor, someone who's yeah. been through the program, but they're not going to give you all of the information. Right. And a lot of programs do this and they don't, you don't realize it. You can go and you can take a day of class. Yeah, go. It's worth to go experience the whole actual day of full classes. My grad program did that. We had people come and were being in class with us for a day, and they would participate. Oh, great! Um, And again, that would give you a better experience. Yeah, Um, and also try to set a personal meeting with someone who works in the department. Yeah, like these are all. You're able to do this, and so many people don't. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize that they can. Do your research. Or if you were in, like, in town in Atlanta, and you're just looking at different studios to take ongoing classes. Right? I would choose four places and go do intro days or ask if you can audit a class. Right? Audit. Right? See. And then you can see at least five people. And then you'll see who you drive with the most. But again, I'm very much of like of the philosophy you should absorb multiple points of view. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So whether you're in a program currently or not, I think um, I definitely learned a lot, even for me, talking to actors who were working and ahead of me a few rungs on the ladder. Yes, you know? they give incredible advice. Yeah. They, and they love to tell you. They want to give you. They, they yeah. welcome they you. Help advice. You. They want to help you because they, we all know how hard this is. Yeah, This is one of the, like, again, if you've chosen to do this, I think often I have not realized how hard it is. Yeah, uh, I always knew it was going to be hard, but I didn't know it was going to be this Sure. This wild, sure. I think is the term wild. Yeah, right? wild and unpredictable. Unpredictable. And you really do have to also create a self where you're like, okay, pivot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have to be able to pivot. Yeah. You have to. And it's often pivoting on a holiday. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> or like a weekend. It always right. comes at an in like right. opportune time yeah. and you have to be, okay, great. Sure. Cancel those plans. I'm gonna yeah. work on this ten page self tape that's due tomorrow. Awesome. Right. <laughs> yeah. Great. This is what I live for. But yeah, I mean that's the nature of our jobs. Our jobs are unpredictable. You don't and our our job is our is auditioning and mm-hmm. it's unpredictable when you're gonna get those auditions and yeah. that's it. Yeah. But one so one other question before we shift into like the other side of this. Um mm-hmm. What did what was like the responses and reactions that you had when you told like friends and family and or mm-hmm. when you talk to or tell strangers about your choice to do those formal training programs? Like, did mm-hmm. you have a, a positive experience with that or a negative? Because I know there there's a lot of opinions. People yeah. like especially people who aren't in our industry who are in our lives and yeah. maybe have some sort of thought on it. So I guess before I went to NYU. My, uh, I had a, I consider her a mentor. Um, my high school teacher, theater teacher, Sherry Cox, um, was incredible, mm. an incredible teacher, but she thought I couldn't, didn't have what it took to be an actor. Oh man. Yeah. She told me I was too sensitive. Uh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. She said, you're a director, you're not an actor. And I originally went to NYU as a director and mm. I transitioned to acting while I was there. Mm. Um, but I was like, Wow, and I, I realized her that was a great moment of saying, no, your opinion doesn't matter. Sure. Um, a lot of people were against me going to grad school. Like, you just mm-hmm. got a BFA. Right. What are you doing? Right. You're going to be old. You're going to lose out, hmm. right? And 
which is interesting. Yeah. Um, but I just had this gut feeling. Yeah. I also knew the specific technical things that, that you wanted, wanted to work to on. Yeah. Right. A lot of some people will go to grad school for the business side of sure. it. Sure. That is not the reason yeah. to go, and often they actually drop out. Yep. Um, so you need to know why right. you're going to like sacrifice three years of your right. life to just act six, sure. six, sometimes seven days a week from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Sure. So it's a big, very rigorous right. program. My dad said, no, look, you already have that degree. Go and get an MBA mm. or do go to go to film school. Right. And I understand his point of view. Sure. I sure. really do because I understand. I think it's I, – I, again, I did seven years of one thing. Mm-hmm. And I do think other skill sets are so important. And yeah. I'm so lucky that I've developed mm-hmm. this side skill of, sure. of, of tutoring and writing curriculum, sure. which is my side gig. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know That's if everyone should do what I did. They think yeah. they, should, they should go and get a degree in PR or marketing well, yeah. and branding, as, or, as you have. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the, like the, the root of all of that is yeah. that you knew why. You yeah. knew a very specific reason, not yeah. just – I love this and I want to learn more about it. But you knew very specifically the skills and the things that you were going there for. And I think that's a big um, I also, I knew what wasn't, I knew my dead breathing issues that I had. Right. Um, I knew the the spine issues that I had, which are, are, um, I, I fixed through Alexander Technique. But I was also at the time sitting in auditions for off-Broadway and regional right. theater uh, shows. Right. And I was seeing the level, right, of what I deemed to be sure. professional, which these were Broadway actors coming right. in. And I was like, okay, yeah, I need more technical training yeah. if I want to be able to do that. Oh, and that perspective is yeah. so, I mean, I didn't do it in that way, but I would yeah. see other actors or, or my peers getting great gigs, booking, you know, series regulars and yeah. things. And I was like, oh, I want to be like them. I have to step step it up. Step it up. Yeah. Um, and I think that's – but I think, you know, mm-hmm. ultimately, like, when it comes to making this choice, like, I think the way that you did it makes perfect sense. Like, mm-hmm. you need to know a specific why. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself floating around, like, why did I do this? Is this really what I should have done? Or did I just make a choice because I – Mm-hmm. Felt like it was something I might like. Oh yeah, I might so, like this. Let me go and right. jump into a three-year yeah. program. <laughs> right, and I mean, like I said, I would say the same thing for if you choose to mm-hmm. get formal education in a field outside of acting or outside yeah. of the always industry. know why. Like you have to know why you and do you, your research. Right. Yeah, right. I, I'm a big pro con list. Sure, same person. And then at the end of the day, you do have to listen to your gut. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. But then another thing I want to say though, in terms of if you are talking about this level of program and not just yeah. continuous training in town um i look for free programs yes <laughs> my program is now free <laughs> really <laughs> brown trinity repertory <gasps> company and mfa is 100 free and they what? offer you a stipend i did not experience that i am in wow. debt but you should look anyone who is interested in mfa that is very good to know the old, old globe in san diego is oh, okay. also free yale is significantly cheaper than it's the cheapest it's wow. ever been um wow. do not go to nyu <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, you're not going to be saving money there. No. You will be in debt for life and you'll never be able to buy a home. <laughs> yeah. Goodness gracious. Well, that's really that's really good information to know. Yeah. Um so what I, I let's toggle a little bit now to uh more of 
kind of what we're doing now, which is yes. taking classes here in Atlanta or yes. New York or LA, wherever you are, where it's not a multi-month or year mm-hmm. conservatory or formalized training. It's, you know, getting private coaching or acting mm. at a studio mm. um, or workshops and things of that nature, because that's something that is really super relevant to every actor, mm. um, no matter who you are or what your path looks like, is like we said, you have to be in continual training. Yeah. Like there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Mm. But I think, um, I mean, I think we've all experienced this is we struggle sometimes with knowing what the next right step is, whether yeah. it's choosing a studio that's best for you, whether it's choosing the style or the type of class that you want to go into next. And, um, I think that's something that's really relevant to all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I know, especially, I mean, I think we're in a good position to talk about this because it's pretty current for us in terms of moving to a new city. Mm. Um, I, you know, when I was in Orlando and even if I would, you know, pop into another city, I usually had people who could, um, either I had known about all the different studios and and teachers for a long time, Mm -hmm. or I had someone who could give me a personal recommendation. But I didn't really have that when we moved here to Atlanta. Mm. Um, because I didn't know any other actors. I didn't have any other friends here already. Mm, mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of like a whole brand new thing. And I was like, okay, I have, I've had people who told me about all these studios in town, but I don't know anyone who actually goes there that I can ask about it. Yeah. Um, so my process for that was, I mean, I took it very seriously yeah. I, as I think, I hope all of us do is, you know, who are you going to entrust with your training and who are you going to literally pay your money to mm-hmm. and hopefully get the results that you're you're wanting. Mm. So what was that process like for you? I guess um, it was a little bit hit and miss, but yeah. I also had our mutual friend Lauren. Oh, yeah. Uh, as in, she was amazing yep. resource. Did she get here before you? Uh, yes, she okay. did. Okay. She got here before okay. me, a couple months. Okay. Um, and so she recommended places and, and coaches cool. for me. And so that was really helpful. That's awesome. But we also, she had been given from another actress – uh, so she and I are accountability partners. Yes. Uh, love I that. really love, we talk once a week and we set actionable goals for ourselves. And, and she's been incremental in this shift of how do yeah. I treat, um, the, how do I make a business model and mm-hmm. treat my acting career yeah. as such, yes. right? Where I show up for office hours every day, right? And, I, and I'm making my platform right. and, my, and also my communication with my um, representation mm-hmm. uh, as sharp as it can be. Sure. Um, but she, get, she shared a list, like there was an Atlanta resource packet that she shared with me and it just listed all of the, this information. That's awesome. Um, so sometimes it was a little bit like I would just go and try a coaching session with someone who teaches a class. Okay. Right. And so then I would experience them as an instructor in just sure. an hour. Right. That's not signing up for a ongoing class. class. Yeah. yeah. Um, Drama Inc. I, mm-hmm. so Lauren shared good things about it, but I also just like looked on stuff online and looked sure. at the quality of footage that they have and yeah. the resources that they have because you can tell a lot by a website. Right. Um, and then I always read the bios and mm-hmm. I look, I do look at training that someone yeah, has in their same. background because I want to say if you're a teacher, right? Right. What is the, like, what's your foundation? What is your foundation yeah. for the teaching that you are offering? Right. Um, and so that was really yeah. incremental. But then all of these places offer um, intro 
session yes. days, right? Which is so important. It's so important to go and experience, yeah. right? And, I, and I've taken multiple classes in multiple places. Yeah. And then ultimately like, okay, here's the place that's going to push sure. me most. And sure. that's where I've landed. Yeah. What about you? I, I mean, I had a similar experience. We went and audited a lot of classes yes. in town. But I a hundred percent back up your point about research. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's something, and I think especially for really new actors, luckily I think we both kind of knew what to look for. Yeah. But I think when you're, if you're a little bit newer and you're not really sure what to look for, there's are, there are certain things that make me trust someone mm. a little bit more than others based on their background and their experience and their training and their credits. Oh, yeah. Like, how, if they're working or not. Yes. That's something, especially... Well, whether they're working or not is really right. important. I'll say when I was training in theater, I didn't care as much about that. Um, but in film especially, I want to know if they are current mm. with the industry, if they've been on sets in the past mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. and if they have experiences beyond just the standard coaching style of like, this is the technique and stuff. If I'm going to be in like an on-camera class or if I'm going to be in something that's really relevant to me, auditioning and being in the room and booking and working on set right now today, that was a big factor for me was to make sure that not only they had experience prior, but they were still current and and working to update continually their personal knowledge. I'm going to argue you should do that with theater too. Yeah? Yeah. Yes. And uh, I guess I'm a big fan of, of, working actors, yeah. working with a working sure. actor and not working with someone. Um, well, I do, I've done both. There's yeah. some, you know, people I trust, but working with someone who um, is an actor in auditions themselves, because mm. they're going to have yeah. insight into sure. how to handle being in the room. Right. And that should be also part of your preparation. Yeah. And if things yeah. are changing, I mean, I say all the time on the show, but like the way that certain things work, especially in film, mm-hmm. have shifted, like the best practices yeah. and things you should and shouldn't do used to be a certain way when I first learned it when I was a kid and mm-hmm. now are a totally different, different way. Yep. So making sure that the people that are training you are also up to date on what's happening today. Today. Not even last year, like yeah. today. So again, reading the bio is really important, yeah. identifying the training when they last work, what their yeah. credits are. Yeah. Um, I know that like feels it feels like, judgy. Right. But it's also Hey, a lot of people are in this game, sure. right? And I guess y- you want to see what they're selling or what knowledge right. they're bringing to the table, and that is a good indicator. Sure, uh, someone's past experience is a absolutely good indicator of what they can offer. Yeah, and I think it also. I mean, like I said, it really depends. I'm a, more and less rigid on that, depending on the kind of class. Yeah. Say, if I'm going to do like um, a Meisner, just a Meisner kind of workout mm-hmm. class. I'm okay if if it's someone maybe who is no longer working and and just loves teaching. Yeah, that's great. Um, but if it is like an on camera class or an auditioning class, and yeah. that I need it to be very current. So I would also keep that in mind. The kind of class that you're going to be in, um, because an instructor can be better or worse for different kinds of classes. Oh, too. absolutely. So um, what about uh, when you decide? say, okay, you know, we've been here for almost a year now and we've been doing some training. How do you like decide what the next kind of class you should take? Cause I, I'm, I'm in that position now. I'm like, oh, I've been taking, I've popped around on a few different kinds of things. Mm. Like what should I do next? Like, how Mm -hmm. do I know that this next class that I take is like the right one? Mm -hmm. Well, one thing I I think is very similar with the self tapes of Mm. like, what is going really well? What have I, what have I improved on in the past two months? 
what do I really need to work on? Sure. And so like that, I think creating can, um, a monthly goal system for yourself and Love have a that. theme for yourself for each month. Literally, that's my same exact process. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. As I'm planning out my month, I think about, okay, what's this month about? Yeah. Right. And yeah. what am I going to address? And so I think right now I really want to work on my physicality, mm-hmm. right? But in a self-tape. Right. Um, right. And so I'm going to choose a class that enables me to do that. Sure. But I'm also, one thing I do is like, I do shift teachers if I feel like I'm not being pushed. I think, right, and I may go back to that teacher. There's this weird balance of I want to feel comfortable, but I also want to know that we're working on what I'm not. Yes, that you're being challenged and growing. and Yes. First of all, what is someone – is this someone I trust, right, Right. or like I respect based on the bio or or, or having met them or doing an intro class, and then does this match up with my goal? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great way to go about it. and a big thing for me right now, too, is like, so there's that like personal goal of my self tapes. But another thing is I want to create my own content. Mm. And so like a big theme of my summer sure. is like, okay, I, I this is super scary for me. Yeah. So I'm going to find a, a, a instructor where it's going to make me feel comfortable as I'm so sure. scared. Because right. that's more like that's Absolutely. a vulnerable thing. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, I would completely agree. I can't stress enough um, how important it is to have a coach that will push you to grow. Yes. I've noticed a lot of people, especially in this market and in other markets too, they find one and they're such great coaches and they love them and they, they work so well together and they're so comfortable. But, but at a certain too point, right, and, and you then need to identify. you lose sight of where do I stand like within yes. my own personal work and where do I stand compared to my competitors here in this market. Um, so I definitely agree that like taking a, a break, even if you have a coach that you love and you yeah. will go back to them, yeah. take a break for a couple months, try something new, try a different coach, try a new class you've never taken before. Um, I think that helps you stay fresh. Yeah. Um, and I also would love to point out, this is a big one for me. I think personality matching, mm. never feel bad about just saying, Hey, this coach very respected in our yeah. market. They're excellent at what they do their personality just does not work for me. And I know that I'm not going to be able to grow best with them. That is absolutely okay if you run into that. Oh, yes. Also, it's very especially because I, first of all, we're talking about coaching. I deeply believe in coaching before an audition. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because I don't think you can um, see your, sure. the, it's like seeing the forest for the trees. Yes. We get so like, oh my God, this audition is due. Da, 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 right. da. And sometimes I think you, we lose sight, right? Absolutely. And, and having that outside eye is yeah. really, I think, key sure. and, and important. Um, that, so I want to say I deeply believe in that. And I also say that's a vulnerable process. Sure. So it's this balance of, I need someone who's going to push me, but I need someone I trust. Right. 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 And so like, if you, if, and a personality mismatch yeah. can actually be devastating. Absolutely. To the process when right. you're putting yourself on the line and submitting. Right. Edition. I completely so, agree. Again, it's and just there's weird. just, I, I think people take it so personally, they're like, oh, I, I, I feel so bad that I don't like them. And I'm like, no, 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 like, no, no. You can still respect them and think that they're great, but yeah. just know that that's not the best place for you oh to be. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. And actually it's, that's, 
fine. Yeah. But this one thing is like you can have these strong opinions or like bad experiences sure. like working with a coach, but it's like that event happens. Right. What you do is you just don't work with them again. Right. And you're always super friendly right. and great and and because good. it's just like, yeah. oh, that's actually just right. like, that's just oh, the way it is. Sure. We're not a good match. Sure. I, mean, I really yeah. like, I really respect you and I never have to say anything sure. else. You That's just, it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think too, I mean, it's, it's, I think it comes down to knowing yourself. I mm-hmm. typically can tell pretty quickly if I'm going to work with a certain kind of coach or teacher. I even down to the point where I know I have a very strong energy. Yeah. So I typically work better with male coaches. Male energy mm. usually works better with my energy. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some amazing female coaches whose energy has matched mine, but it, I tend to gravitate towards male coaches. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Like that's, that's cool. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean I don't like working with female coaches. No. Like I, I mean, there's some awesome badass female coaches in town who I love working with, Yeah, but just if I had to like do like a big sample of like a hundred coaches, me testing them, I would probably end up mm-hmm. 60, 70% male, male. I understand and that's that. interesting. Yeah. 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 So I think it's, a, it's one of the things that, as you know yourself and that's a good thing to kind of like keep in mind is that I felt that, but one one thing it does though, depend on the content too. Yeah, that's Um, true. Cause there's sometimes I've been working with a male coach and it's like this and on a very female situation Mm. in the scene. I'm like, Oh, you don't understand the intricacies of right. this. So you can't, you're not directing me. And, well, it's just like, yeah. so then I like see it. Then there's the like, okay, mm-hmm. I've lived this. Mm-hmm. And like, you sure. necessarily haven't lived this, but you understand the scene. Sure. So, but I also, I understand. We, yeah. We have, we have different, every person has a different dynamic. Sure. Again. Yeah. So I think, I always think that's very interesting, but yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any other things about hmm. coaching and taking classes in town um i don't know i talked about not getting too comfortable talked about research coaching research oh oh okay so talking about okay your platform or your product right i don't know for my website yeah or like my headshots oh like career coaching something. and career coaching whenever yeah. i'm doing something like that i always um I guess I do come from a background where a lot of my colleagues are are working in high places. So mm, just say yes. that. Well, what I do is I go to their websites. Yeah. Right. I check out what headshots they're using. Sure. Right. I do sort of um I do that type of just like it's kind of stalking online. Yeah. But it's also I'm I'm actually comparing products. Sure. And then I choose certain elements of every like I'll look at 10 different websites. Right. And I choose elements that I like and I'm like, okay, th- then I build what I'm gonna do. Absolutely. So it's like I'm 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 looking at what's out there in the market. Right. And I'm saying, okay, this is what's actually out there. So that yep. type of research reels. Yeah. Um, it's that's very personal to type, but yeah. I do look at in the market. In the market. So yes. Yeah. But I do look at other reels to say what's working, what's not. And sure. I make a list for myself of what's working, what's not. Yeah. Um and then you do, I think a career coach could give you also insight on what's most current in yeah. each market. And I think that's really helpful. Yeah. And I would say um, if especially if you're starting with very little limit. foundation yeah. in that side of things. Go to a career coach. Go to, yes. Because it'll take you like one hour instead of like 
weeks yeah. probably and months of figuring it out on your own. Yeah. Or if I you're, still look yeah. at colleagues though. Sure. Colleagues who are I, working yes. specifically. Yes. If they are, they need to be working and not just your friends. No, no. I'm talking about <laughs> not just random. Yeah. I'm talking yeah. about, oh, I have this friend, Nikki Masood, who was on Homeland, sure. who was on The Good Wife, looking who was constantly. looking constant. Yeah. I'm like, okay, right. Let's take a look. Let me yeah. take a look at what's going on. Absolutely. I have a right. friend who is in, is in She's Got a Habit. Uh, right. And also in um, Black Klansman. Oh, fun. Yeah. Fun. And so I'm like, okay, you're going on right. these red carpets. Let me go see what's right. your marketing platform. Yeah. And I think right. that's crucial is like what are you, you want to make, not, no matter what level you're at right now, you yeah. want to make your package look like it can blend and right into people who are where you want to be. Yes. But here's the thing is it can't be, you can't use the comparison game. Right. You don't right. want any emotion in this. Right. You are just technically looking Business. at product. Right. Right. The different products that yeah. are being on the, that are on the Absolutely. market. Absolutely. And so that it's really important when you do that process, mm-hmm. there's no emotion. It's not personal. Mm-mm. Nope. Can't be personal. Right. I'm like, huh, oh, cool. Now I'm going to make my, I'm going to like make my package as polished as right. possible. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, headshots the same. Yeah. Get right? coaching. Like if you don't know, like if you have not been doing this and you don't know the industry standards mm-hmm. for any of these things, get a career consultation yes. from someone that you trust because it will save you time. It will save you money. It will. Yeah. yeah. And it's not, I, I think a lot of people feel like a weird, like pride hit. No, but like nothing about any of that is like should wound your pride. Like, no, that's all just to make sure that you are checking the boxes and squared away. And there's a lot of us who like, yes, I think everyone should start preparing themselves and educate themselves on the business side. Some of us are just more naturally inclined than others. Yeah. And if that's you, find someone who is like a boss at that and get them to help you. Great. Absolutely. Great. So yeah, I would definitely get someone. I, I'll actually even plug Alex Collins because yeah. he's one of the first, he's one of the first people yeah. or the only career coach I worked with here in Atlanta. Yeah. And um, it was incredible. It was just the wealth of information yeah. that he gave me. Um, I also sort of want to plug, right, the website, the headshot, sure. making sure that's up to industry industry standard. Your actor's access account right? Making sure, because that's where everyone's going to be right. looking. So that needs to be as polished as possible. Something that I finally figured out is important is the slate shot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my, for so long. I hate them. Um, yes. I hate them. Yes. But, yeah. but I, okay, I just had a, a, a friend did mm-hmm. my slate shots and he was like, thank God he, he runs his own self-tape oh, business nice. and knows what he's doing. And he's like, oh, uh, Devin, you know this actress came in and she did her slate shots. She gave a, um, like a tagline at the end mm-hmm. where that's like, um, like I'm in or like vulnerability and kindness. Right. <laughs> so, right. So, but I did this and my manager like um, thought it was the best thing in the world. Yeah. And she was over the moon and What's your stop talking about it. Well, I did vulnerability okay. and kindness, okay. but I had a different one for every headshot. Oh, cool. So we recreated cool. every single headshot. Oh, so you make it, so you make that. it like literally, but have this, wear the same outfits, have the yeah. same lighting. That's great. Be in the same physical position. And then you have your tagline. So it's just so cool. obvious and easy for the right. casting director. And then that's where you have fun. Yeah. And there's this creative element with the tagline. And I guess that sort of, I felt like really that's fun learning. So that would be a thing is make sure you're, you're proud of your slate sure. shots because I think casting directors, it's just easier for like they like things to be easy. Right. Well, and that this is yeah. something I, I say about casting. Uh, they're not really paid to be creative. You are. Yeah. So like they yes. don't have time it's to get creative. Job. They don't have time. They have 
Right. They have a job. They need you to present the thing so they don't have to think about it. Yes. Because they the, the are, wealth of people yeah. that they're looking through. Right. They right. Just don't is so is, is so large yeah. that they you know you need to make it easy for them. Sure. And we have to realize that that is our job right. to make it as easy That's as possible. That's part of our job. And again, this is the slate shot, right? The real realization that this is part of my branding mm-hmm. again has been sort of an epiphany sure. of my year. Yeah, absolutely. Not, absolutely. Right? I mean, yeah. even for me, like it's like I said, I every day I feel like I learned something that I thought I knew based on how the industry was when I was younger. And now I'm like, okay, noted that's changed. This is important now. This is no longer important. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's like we said, we're always and continually learning, continually training. Yeah. Continually. So it's like ourselves. you have to learn in every sphere mm-hmm. and specifically with the business side, if you are not staying up to date, yeah. that is the number one place where you are not doing your job. Yep. Absolutely. Right. Oh, so good. Yeah. I love it. I feel like that's that's I a good note to great. end on. That's great. So um, how can our listeners connect with you online or support any of your projects or things coming up? Oh, um, well, on my, I'm online. I have my website, devoncaraway.com. Fabulous. Um, my Instagram is more personal, but you're welcome okay. to check it out. Cool. Uh, I feel like it's a lot of landscapes and random <laughs> selfie. <laughs> All good. Uh, at Devin Caraway. And then a project I just shot a scene in a movie called The Assistant with director Kitty Green. Um, I am not allowed technically at the moment to say. Everyone knows, but there are legal reasons and I'm not allowed to say Uh, it's about, but it's about a industry professional who uh, was at the first uh, industry professional part of the Me Too movement. So he was fired. I mean, so he had a huge lawsuit and all these women came out for him sexually abusing. abusing yeah yeah okay wow uh, so it's a day in the life of a personal wow. assistant for that industry professional wow uh, julia garner is the lead fabulous um and uh i have a scene cool. so that will be coming out in 2020 uh Exciting. so i believe winter uh, great next okay. winter so keep an eye out cool awesome yeah. well thank you again so much for taking the time to chat with me of and course sharing your wealth of knowledge it was so lovely to hear like <laughs> our experiences are, yeah. i think are different but line up yes. and i think we come to the very similar point you. Yeah, and I think this will be hopefully helpful to a lot of people. So, thank you. See you guys. What did I tell you? She's smart, right? Devin knows what's up, and I am so grateful to her for coming on the show and sharing all of her knowledge and insight and um, some of the lessons that she's learned along the way. This episode is so good. I know I will definitely be tuning back into it. Uh, over the years and over time as I'm looking to figure out what the next right step is for me and my training. Um, But I just want to encourage you guys. I know sometimes it can be really overwhelming, Um, whether you're new or you've been around or you're coming back from a break, kind of like I did. It can kind of feel weird and a little bit lost, and it can be easy to feel like you don't know where to start when figuring out what class to kind of go and dive into or what coach to train with. And I would encourage you to just keep an open mind throughout the process. Obviously, you know, never do something if it feels unsafe, never do something if it gives you that gut feeling that something is wrong, but keep an open mind. Try some techniques maybe you haven't tried before um, because it it might surprise you and you never know. I I will say, you know, uh, my memories of being in class as a child and that process of learning and growing in my acting was different than it is now. And even a year ago, 
to now feels different. And the things that I need are different. And the styles of coaching um, and coaches have changed for me over the years. So definitely keep an open mind. Don't judge yourself. Whatever it is, once you determine what it is that you need from a coach um, or from a class, don't judge yourself for it. Just dive right in. Uh, There's no, you know, you should never feel embarrassed about being at a certain level or being at a certain um, step along the path, whether that's based on age or experience or whatever it is that you're feeling. Um, I hope that you just go in and, and have some fun with it and really try to soak up as much as you can. I mean, after all, you are paying for these classes. So um, I encourage you, no matter what class you're in, always be respectful to the teachers and the coaches and your fellow students. Uh, really give them your ear. Learn to be a good listener. Ask questions. Uh, try things. Don't worry about looking stupid because I think I've said it on the show before. One of my favorite quotes of all time is by the songwriter Joy Williams, dare to suck. So if you're not sucking, you're not trying in my opinion. And that is what I would encourage you all to do no matter what kind of training you're pursuing. So that is it for our show today. I want to give a quick shout out. If you've been following us on Instagram, you know that we have a very exciting special event coming up and it is kind of a secret. It's a little bit hush hush. There are limited seats available, but we're going to have some incredible, amazing guests at this event and they're going to be dropping a lot of knowledge about the industry on you guys. And if you want to find out about that event um, and have a chance to attend, as well as other events and projects and exciting new things coming in the future, I would highly encourage you to sign up for the email list. If you are on the email list in the next couple weeks, you will be getting a special invite to this event. And to sign up for the email list, you can find that link on my website, allisonhazelden.com. Or if you follow us on Instagram and follow the link tree through my profile, you can also access it there. So I would really love to have you guys attend the event and get all of the inside scoop on it before everyone else does. So definitely sign up for that. As always, share this episode with a friend you think might benefit from it. Um, And feel free to comment and connect with me or other people um, who have been our guests on the show. I know we all love supporting others in our community and cheering you guys on um, and whatever is happening right now in your journey. So that is it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. You guys are all awesome. I hope that you know that and feel that today. Um, No matter what's going on, if your week's been hard or easy, um, know that it will always get better and that tomorrow's a new day. So that's it for me. I'm Allison Hazelden. I've been your host and we'll catch you next week. See ya. Well, friends, that's it for this week's episode of It's a Slate of Mind. I'm Allison Hazelden and thank you for joining us. See you next time.